It's Tuesday, April 3rd, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, two weeks ago, we were able to host the Families Count Conference at our offices in Birmingham. And Families Count is Lifeline's ministry to equip the church to teach, mentor, and support families who've either lost their kids to foster care or who are at risk of leaving their kids, losing their kids to foster care. The conference was two days of training and equipping churches who are launching Families Count in their communities. 28 churches from eight states attended, and Dr. Rick was able to sit down with the very first local church implementers, David and Allison McConnell, to hear from their perspective how Families Count is changing lives in their church and in their community. I have the distinct pleasure and privilege to sit down with a couple of friends, uh, Allison and David McConnell, who are uh, from uh, home folks from here in Birmingham. Um, but have been um, a, an integral part of Lifeline's development of a ministry that we call Families Count. Um, Families Count is, is a, a ministry that mobilizes the church to engage at-risk families that um, either have lost their children into state care or maybe are in peril of losing their children um, into the care of the state. And, and really it's just an effort for the church to bring the gospel to bear um, and, to, and to bring biblical parenting um, conversation to these parents, engage them with relationship. We're going to talk a little bit more about the, the program as time goes along, but, um, but really just are thankful for you guys to be here today. So thanks I for, you having us. Um, yeah. thanks for joining us. And, and so first of all, let's, let's kind of start and, uh, just give folks a chance to get to know you a little bit. So tell us a little, you know, a little, little bit of the background, who you are, where you're from, that sort of stuff. Uh, well, we're both from Birmingham. Uh, we've been married for uh, 20 years, uh, this, this year, uh, we met in high school and so we've, um, been together for a long time. We have six kids, um, uh, one by adoption and then uh, uh, five biological. Uh, we, uh, I pastor a church bivocationally outside of Birmingham, a little community called Pinson. And uh, Allison uh, is a teacher by trade and homeschools our kids now. Uh, so, do um, you want to add anything? Um. I did all the talking. Yeah, that's that's typical. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, we homeschool our kids, six kids. Um, we came to Lifeline because of our adoption um, four years ago, so we were kind of already familiar with Lifeline when we um, saw the opportunity to work with Families Count. So, so early on, um, <clears throat> Tracy Newell, that's part of our team here, that's our, our education coordinator, um, the Lord had kind of placed this idea in, in her heart. Um, first for the idea of ministering to birth families in foster care, um, but then specifically about like this way of the church um, beginning to minister. And so she, um, there was a meeting you guys were a part of, yeah. um, pulled some people together to talk about that idea. And and I think she presented in that meeting, if I'm telling the story right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you pick the story up from there that um, th- th- that meeting happened. You were there. She was talking about Families Count. And just tell us a little bit about what the, what the Lord did and what the Lord did in y'all in that. Yeah, it was um, we, we had actually a couple in our church uh, that uh, did foster care. They had told us about it. Lifeline was trying to get the word out about this new ministry they wanted to start. 
So again, we were familiar with Lifeline. So we went to the meeting to just see if this would be a fit for our church. Um, and it is a smaller church. I'm one of the pastors on staff. So we went and, and went to the meeting. Uh, and what I remember about you know sitting there and listening to Tracy, who can be very persuasive, and she was very passionate <laughs> about what she was talking about. Uh, and as we were listening, I really realized that right at that moment, our church wasn't ready for the ministry, just in terms of probably you know resources or where the the people were at. Like I just felt like okay, this is we're not right, we're not quite there right now. But we also kind of individually just felt this pull as Tracy was talking about the different roles about perhaps teaching. Um, and so I know I leaned over to Allison a couple of times and said, well, what are you, what are you thinking? And, uh, you know, you said, yeah, we, um, we both kind of felt like in the meeting that we had a tug, you know, from the Lord that we were to teach this. And so we, after the meeting was over, we went to Tracy and we said, you know, I think we'd like to teach. And there were a lot of other people in the meeting. And so we really big, bigger churches, bigger churches than ours. And so we thought, you know, if, if the Lord really wants us to do this, then she'll call us back. But surely we're not going to be the only ones that offer to, you know, to be co-leaders. And so, um, that's just kind of how we left it. We thought, you know, if God really wants us to do this, she'll call us back. But we really did not, I don't think expect to hear back because there were just so many other people there. And, um, I don't remember how long after that we did hear back from Tracy. (laughs) But as it turns out, we were the only people that signed up to teach that day. So, um, (laughs) but it's been really good. (laughs) It has, uh, it's, it's been great. Uh, we taught the first class here in Birmingham, um, in September of 2014. Mm -hmm. So almost four years ago, um, uh, the church, uh, you know, near downtown. Uh, and there were 14, I think 14 14 students in the class. Mm -hmm. We had went through training with Tracy, but everybody was just like, okay, we have it on paper, (laughs) but what is this actually going to look like? (laughs) Because it had not been done before. And so we didn't know what to expect. Tracy didn't really know what to expect. And the Lord just, uh, that is still our favorite class. Mm -hmm. The very first one. And we've taught and we've taught multiple, multiple classes. Yeah, and, and we've taught multiple classes in that time. But I say it's my favorite, not because of uh, really the people, just remembering like it was the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember every face that was in the room, just kind of the feeling around, wow, this is really coming together. We've, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen it on paper, but now it's actually coming together. You could in really real life, feel so. that the Lord was working in what was mm-hmm. happening, you know, in that class. And it was really cool to be there. In the beginning, well, and I think you know from from the from the other perspective, I think that that there are just so many God ordained moments in the midst mm-hmm. of this story, and you know the fact that you guys kind of jokingly tell, "Hey, we went, and we didn't, you know, we didn't, we surely <laughs> it's not going to be us," and and but then like as we've as we've seen this develop, we just kind of look back and said, "Well, like of course you guys were the ones that were going to step forward, and of course." The Lord had this cut out for you, and it's just—it's really been just a just a neat story mm-hmm. of God having the right people in the right place at the right time, and 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 you know the the right calls on lives for people to you know kind of join this, um, and it, and it really has kind of grown out yes. from you know from that moment to um, to become now a, 
like a whole bunch of churches and mm-hmm. and, and like almost a relational community of people. Yeah. Um, and that's got to kind of be fun for you guys, I think, to see that. It yeah, is. I mean, that, that first class, there were no plans beyond that first class. Like it was, here's your class, we're going to do it and see what happens. And then just to see it literally fall into place step by step by step. As soon as something, you know, one class was completed, we had, you know, we had enough for another. And it just kind of, all the dominoes fell into place. It was been really cool to watch. Yeah, I think I think I can remember back when, you know, the conversation started happening where Tracy would mention, hey, we actually heard from a church in another part of the town that's interested in hearing more about this or, you know, and then the first kind of out of state, we yeah. started hearing like, you know, well, there's a church in Kansas that is interested in, in, uh, in this ministry. And I, I was like, wow, we just went a big jump from Alabama yeah, to Kansas. Like, like, Kansas. Like we just, we just about this. <laughs> but, um, as we start hearing about that, that's this, it kind of started, you know, wow, wait a minute. The Lord, you know, is what, you know, the Lord's doing something here that, I really, I mean, I knew he could, but I really, that wasn't what we were expecting. We were just teaching classes. I mean, that was like, we showed up and we were going to teach class and then it just started, it started going from there. We made a commitment kind of early on. Tracy asked us and, and, and I said, look, we loved it. We see the Lord in it. I eventually want to bring this to our church. You know, we're in and, and because we have seen, uh, you know, we're teaching biblical parenting for six weeks. But the ultimate goal is to connect the moms and dads who are in the class to the local church. That's that's the thing that's always the, the story that Tracy told uh, that when, you know, this idea was birthed originally. And I think she went to, uh, you know, Herbie Newell with it. And uh, as she tells a story, Herbie said, I love it. I want us to do it. But we're not going to do it. We want the local church to do it, and and so and and that has been our experience. Lifeline has just partnered with these churches. They have given uh, resources and time to equip the churches to do the work of ministry. And you know, we just finished with this Lifeline uh, with the Spring Conference for Families Count, and I think someone told me there were twenty three churches, twenty three churches, fifty five people representing twenty three churches, nine nine different states, mm-hmm. something like that. And and so even this week when I walked in the room. Yeah. Uh, I was blown away. Like it's the, the conference was almost maybe double it was the size more, I think of it was last more year. Than double than last year. Oh yeah, and I was just you know we have from this moment to the moment where we started, just watching it slowly, gradually build. But then like this week to me, it was just a a wow moment of walking in that room and seeing what the Lord has done, and all the in between the the relationships. I mean the. We have, in the last four years, as these churches have gotten involved, um, we have made uh, connections with, you know, people who have a heart for this ministry in Arkansas, in Kansas, uh, in South Carolina, in Florida, and Texas. Uh, Texas. And some of those uh, people have become dear friends of ours, and, and we've went to where they are, and they've come to where we are, and we have group text messages and emails where we're talking and sharing about what the Lord is doing in certain classes and we're supporting each other. And have you ran into this, this issue before? And so it has become this little community of churches that are doing the ministry. And, um, for me, I'm a, I'm a very relational guy. So that has been part of the great uh, benefit of, of what the Lord has done. It's just so amazing. And I think that's a, that's a neat part of the story in that mm-hmm. this is, this is not a group of, of people who are credentialed professionals necessarily. This isn't a group of social workers or psychologists or, um, you know, or, or people that have that sort of orientation. What it is, is it's a, it's a bunch of people that love Jesus that have 
um, that come from all kinds of walks of life and all Absolutely. kinds of backgrounds mm-hmm. and all kinds of experiences who, who the Lord has used to step into what is, what is really a unique opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, you know, we, I've been blown away even as we have, as we've watched this thing grow, that our, our expectation early on was as, as we began to see the opportunity to spread to Kansas, as we began, you know, began to see the, the, kind of the frontiers push out a little bit that like we've waited for the moment when, you know, the state was going to say no, the county was going to say no, somebody was going to, and, and we honest to goodness, we like, we just haven't experienced it yet. No. I, I actually said that to Tracy when, um, you know, when she, you know, kind of gave me the model and I, I really wonder like, okay, well where there's going to be a, a roadblock here somewhere. But our experience in, in Birmingham has been the exact opposite. I mean, we have, uh, we have um, uh, social services workers who call and say, our clients are waiting on the next class. Like there's another parenting class they could take, but they've heard about yours. They want to take that one. Or they say to us, we've seen the work and the change uh, in some of our clients, and we want to send additional clients through. So the Lord has even you know, really paved those pathways in, in a way that it shouldn't surprise me, but you know, mm-hmm. it should not surprise you what God's doing, but it just has, it's, it's been in some way like, okay, wow, the Lord is really going before us. Um, and we've seen that in multiple states. I would say the, uh, I want to mention the, this common denominator that I've seen among all of these different churches that we've had a chance to work with is it seems like it's always one person or one family who has a heart. They hear about this, they have a heart for it, they have a desire for it, and they're like, I want to be involved. Could we really do this? Could we really pull a team together? I don't have that many other people who are with me right now. And what I've seen is in every one of those situations, God just used their faithfulness to step out and say, we would like to do this here. And he starts building a team around them. And and all of a sudden they're, you know, before they even realize that they're putting on classes and they're doing the ministry and then out they're coming back and they're training other churches who are doing the same thing. That's been a very neat. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if there's a, you know, it, it's, it's sort of followed the same kind of progression as, as we talk about in evangelism, you know, that, it, that this has really been geometric in the way that it's grown because it's, it's people that get involved and they, and they see the Lord changing lives and they see, you know, the, the things that are happening and they, they just tell it <laughs> like, and so we've, you know, so we feel, end up fielding these calls from churches in, you know, Kenosha, Wisconsin. We, I mean, good grief down here in the South, we had to get out a map. We didn't know where they were. <laughs> um, and, you know, and have laughed about that with them, but, but to, you know, to now see that we're across, you know, so many States and, and what the Lord's doing. Um, but, but I think all of us have a little bit of a feeling still of, this kind of being like the Wizard of Oz, you know, it's like the, like we're hiding behind the curtain going, you know, and, and there's, there's this, it's just, it's just a bunch of like really, you know, folks that love Jesus and folks that have been very passionate and, and have invested what they have to invest in time and expertise and things. And the Lord's brought the right people at the right time. Um, but, but there is no doubt when we look around the the secret sauce in the middle of all this is that God's hand has been on it and the Holy Spirit's been, you know, been in front of us. Yeah. I, the, the work has, um, 
it is like you said, it's grown. And even even with our own church, so I, I told the story at the beginning. I was just like, I'm not, I don't think we're there yet. But what we started doing at our church is just slowly introducing it mm-hmm. and talking about it. And then the, we, we ended up hosting a class there where we taught and we had some other partner churches who came in and helped us. But you fast forward, like we're in the, we're in the, at the tail end of one of our classes right now. Our church has completely embraced this ministry. Like it is, they have been incredible and, and they are just like, they are all in. The church is all in, in, in and we've had men and women rise up in the congregation and we're not a huge church, but they've right, you know, risen up and said, I feel like I've been called to this ministry and to work with these uh, moms and dads. And so right there in our own church, we saw it. And so the Lord, you know, developed it over time, but it's been amazing to see. So I get to see it from a, a lifeline perspective in terms of volunteering and teaching, but then from a pastoral perspective, it has been, um, I am a big fan of the ministry from that perspective because it, it really helps the church uh, to, um, well, really to to work with a group of people that maybe they would not otherwise have worked with. And, you know, if, if we're honest, what I've seen is there are some, um, I don't know if the word stereotypes, but as you start talking about, okay, well, who are we trying to reach? We're trying to reach moms and dads who, you know, their children have been removed or in danger of being removed. And sometimes because I think people love uh, children so much and want to take care of them, there's that thought of, well, Okay, well, that's the best thing. Let's 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 you know move them out of the home and get them into a safe place. But when you think about God as a reconciling God, a God of reconciliation, if those moms and dads I mean can come to know the gospel and have a strong home and in a healthy environment for the kids, that's the best place for the kids to be. And so I, I just think I've seen it tear down some walls in in churches and communities about realizing these moms and dads are just like us. They love their children. They're trying to work to get them back and we can come and be a partner with them. And um, I don't know what other ministry that we've been around that maybe gives the opportunity to do that and is focused on them. And it's, it's really neat, I think, to see because they're, they're in, in most all of the churches and in most all the people that we, you know, that we've continued to see that have become a part of this. There's a there's a theological conviction to like Second Corinthians five ministry of reconciliation the gospel's power to you know to to put broken lives back together and, and heal broken relationships and all those things but but what what like what I think begins to happen is it turns from theological conviction to theological passion yeah. like people people get um, they they genuinely get excited. When they get in the midst mm-hmm. of being a part of God doing that in, in people's lives. And I think for our church, that was probably one of the things that helped us move from, I don't think we're quite ready to, we're all in, was they saw our excitement because I think David did a good job of making sure that what we were doing, even though we may have been one couple out of our church going to other churches and working with this ministry, we kept it in front of them for a solid two and a half years, uh, we made sure that they heard some of the stories that were coming out of this and some of the great and the good things that were happening so that as their hearts began to change, it was just easy for them to just jump right in. I think that when, when, that was a big... Yeah. 
When you get to start working with the moms and dads, when they come, they're they're coming into your church. You have this mm-hmm. opportunity to be. It's hard to keep quiet on what's right. the good things that are. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, this the the components that we do in families count where we're sharing a meal, uh, we're inviting them into our church, we're being hospitable, and then we start unfolding for six weeks. This really, I mean, incredible uh, training that uh, that is the lifeline has developed and. It, it really, I mean, it is, it is Christ-centered, biblically-based, um, but it's also very practical. I mean, it's very practical. I told the, the conference uh, class we were teaching yesterday, I believe the power for life changes in the gospel and the gospel only. So the gospel must be there. But you could take this class and not have that connection to the Lord, and you could get some type of natural benefit from it because it's just very practical. And I think that's—I've never been really around, uh, you know, training like this. So you see these moms and dads come in, and they're expecting to get the practical, and they do, and it's really good. But then they hear the gospel truth behind it. They hear how it relates to the Lord and and how God has designed them and, and designed their families, and you start seeing these light bulbs go off and you know we've had i mean we've had so many opportunities we've, we've baptized people that came out of the class and made commitments of salvation uh commitments to jesus and were saved and, and we got to baptize them at our church and uh, we've got to see real life change from like people who go through the classes and then come back and they become mentors for other people who are uh, going through the same situation so i mean we've uh, you know, I wish I could say it was like every single person in the class. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, some of those stories, I mean, there are still people who are struggling, but they've heard the gospel for six weeks. They know those churches and they have the opportunity to connect with them. And so it is, it is, it has been great to see the, 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 the deep life change, but also just the, I think maybe planting gospel seeds mm-hmm. and getting people going in the right direction. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, and, and I think that's an important thing just to point out from even the receptivity of the state and of folks that are that are coming at this that are really not part, you know, part of the church. The, the truth is it we don't see life change in every in every family, um, but we see it in a lot of families and we see we see God doing doing things in a lot of people. And and that's where the, there's there's kind of no denying the effectiveness of this as a as a program. And so we've got people that are, that are in the system that are not Christ followers who, who like desperately want to figure out how to get a church and their community involved so that they can, they can implement this program. And, and they're looking at it from, from very different eyes than, mm-hmm. you know, than we are. And, and even the cool opportunity for the, for the gospel to extend into the system to judges, to caseworkers, to, you know, to other folks that are, you know, that are, that are part of that. And, um, and just, you know, we've seen, we've seen some cool things happen in, you know, in that regard as well. We've seen some really incredible things. I, I, if we have time, I have two, yeah, two, I have two good stories. I mean, two great stories. Um, one, um, we were teaching a class downtown and, uh, we, the very first week is kind of a foundational week. So we're talking about, you know, how your family can become disrupted by circumstances or choices and how that can cloud your vision of how you see life and see your family. And so one of the gospel truths that we give them that week is that you're made in the image of God and that you need to be able to see yourself the way your creator sees you. And sometimes I think we've been in church for so long, like you hear that verse and it's just like, okay, I know that truth. Let's move on, you know, to, to maybe deeper things or something. The very next week, 
I had a young lady who came in. There was, a, you know, she was in the class the first week, and she she said, "Can I talk to you?" And I said, "Sure." She pulled me aside, and she said, um, "She said this week, she said was just it was such a hard week." She said, "I had a setback in in um, getting my son back. I think I'm about to lose my job." She said, uh, "Family problems, stress was just piling up." She said, "I got home one night this week, and she said I just had the thought you'd be better off just to end this, just to end it." And she said, but when, when I was thinking that, she said, at that exact moment, um, that verse you read to us last week came in my mind, that I am made in the image of God. And it wasn't like she knew what all that meant, but she said, if I am made in the image of God, I have hope and I know he's got a purpose for me. And so essentially what she told me was God had saved her life through that verse that we had shared the week before at Family's Count. I mean, that was amazing. I mean, such an incredible story. The other one, uh, just you talking about um, how this is in the, getting in the system. And, and so none of the local judges, they, they certainly can't mandate anyone come to this class. They just make it an option. Some of them um, really promote it and talk about its effectiveness. But in one of our last classes at our church, we had a young man who came the first week he was there for, you know, he ate the meal with us. And then again, during the, the meal, he said, can I talk to you for a minute? So pulled us aside and um, and uh, he said uh, to the teachers of the class, we, Alice and I weren't teaching that one, some uh, another couple from our church. But he said, I just wanted to let you guys know I'm an atheist. Is that a problem for you? And <laughs> so <laughs> my friend Nick, who's teaching the class, Nick said, it's not a problem for me. Is it a problem for you that this is a faith-based class? You know, did you know that? You should have known that up front. Did you know that? And he said, oh, he said, well, yes, they told me. But then when they told me it was at a church, I kind of figured it out. And he said, I'm fine with it. He said, I'm not going to, you know, pray or, you know, read any of the scripture, but I'd like to go through the class. He needed a parenting class. Yeah. He'd heard good things about this one. So he came to it. So that young man, the, the first night, and they put the Bible and we give everybody a Bible for a gift. You know, first night, and we sat it in front of him. He left it on the table. Uh, he didn't take it, but he engaged in the class. He listened. He um, for six weeks, he heard the gospel, uh, and 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 he went through the parenting class. And and the very last night, we give out these children Bibles the last night uh, as a gift, and we just set that one in front of him. And and uh, when he left, he took it with him. He took the he took the children's Bible with him, and he even engaged with our church a little bit afterwards um, in some relational aspects. So, uh, you know, I wish I, I wish I had the end of that story, which is he became to, you know came to know Christ and got baptized. He's not there yet, but Lord willing, the end of that story had been written it hasn't yet. been written yet, and that's <laughs> such a you know. So I mean, it's it's incredible. I've got story after story like that. Well, I think, you know, one of the one of the the meetings with one of the counties when we were when we were talking about this, that there was a you know, kind of this this moment that's almost become a little bit infamous in in our circles where it was not going well, right? And 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 there was there was one lady in particular her body language couldn't have been worse in the meeting <laughs> as we were, you know, as we were talking and and finally there was just kind of a moment I felt led and I said you know, I, I think I need to just kind of stop this meeting and I just need to tell you, like, we we need to tell you up front that the reason this church is here and the reason Lifeline supporting them doing this is because we really love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And like, I need for you to know, like, we really, really love Jesus. And yeah. we believe that that the power of the gospel has, that, that, that Christ has the power to change lives. Um, 
and we don't think anything the state's doing is bad in in providing you know job training and anger management and drug rehab and all the things that you're doing we just think that you've got you've got an incredibly hard maybe an impossible uphill climb to to apply that to lives that haven't been transformed Mm-hmm. And 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 we kind of realized that the church got out of this business a long time ago and and didn't do very well and that's why that's why the burden is on the state that's there, um, but but like we don't want we we don't want to get you on the front page of the newspaper, we don't we don't want to we don't want to violate the law we don't want to do anything that we shouldn't, um, but but the church does want to come to participate and wants to be part of the answer. And and what was really funny is just kind of watching like like her she just melted like her you know the crossed arms kind of fell and all that and as the meeting continued she sort of piped up in the meeting and started talking and she was a heavy hitter she was one of those people that mm-hmm. was like a decision maker and and we it was sort of like excuse me after a few minutes and it was like I did did you say yes <laughs> because, because she was like talking about plans for like you know for like engaging caseworkers and all this kind of stuff and she was like well yeah why wouldn't we do this yeah. and um, and and so you know I think the the neat thing over and over and over has been that 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 the Lord's provided a way for us to do this that the gospel doesn't threaten people either because mm-hmm. um, it's just highly relational and it's yeah. very. Um, you know, it, it's it's very much within the bounds of what of what we're allowed to do in that environment. But it is, but it's like gospel pointed and gospel rich, right? Yeah. We're not not backing up from that at all. Um, and so we have great hopes for you know people like that. Yeah, I think that's the the some of the feedback that we've gotten, and this is you know we don't. I'm not knocking any other parenting class that's in town. I actually don't even know who all they are. You know, um, I've just, the feedback that we get from people who've even went to other parenting classes and, and and sometimes that that happens. I mean, these moms and dads sometimes are going through two year processes, you know? And so, you know, sometimes things happen where the judge says you did this at the beginning, but we want you to take another one toward the end or something. So there's all different types of situations, but that feedback we've gotten is the, the, there's something different about this class and just over and over that people have said, now we know what that is. Um, but, but I think too, it is when the church is operating in gifts of hospitality, of kindness, of sacrificing, you know, okay, why exactly are you doing this? Why are you willing to drive 30 minutes and pick me up and drive me to this class? Cause that's a component that we try to offer to people is, is uh, transportation. Um, if they don't have any, why are you doing this? You know, at the end of the day, it's because we love Jesus and because Jesus loves you and we want you to know that. And and so that aspect of, you know, I had a lady tell me this this couple of weeks ago. She just said, this class is so personable. And she said, the other ones that I've taken were rigid. It, you know, it just was kind of someone presenting information to me. But this class is, it, it's personable. I, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm a part of something when I'm in it. And we've heard that over and over and over again. So awesome. it stands out. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.